It's D. That's the new slogan. That's my new slogan for coming coming into your show. Um, it's not. But welcome. If you heard that music by the Absurdist, and I I know I say that on lots of shows now, but there's different music by the Absurdist that we play, and uh, he's an excellent musician. So go to SoundCloud. But anyways, um, you know what it's time for. What's it fucking time for? Just the headers. That's right. <laughs> I like your like uh, elementary. Just the headers. Right after I drop an f bomb. Like, <laughs> like, um, and today we have a special guest host. Um, you know he needs no introduction. Um, this man, he's got the greatest beard right on the <laughs> west side of the Mississippi. Uh. This man is a eclectic mix of, of German and black black blood. Um, he's got a voice like no other. Uh, he's got the, the the constitution of a samurai and the will of a fucking jaguar. Go ahead and introduce yourself after I just introduce you, guest host. Yeah, what's up, guys? I'm Vin Diesel. <laughs> Is he German? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Okay, Vin, yeah. why don't you go ahead and tell us how hard you laugh at night for getting paid multiple <laughs> millions of dollars for saying "I am Groot" maybe 35 times in the last four years and making multiple upon multiple of millions of dollars. Well, uh, same way that uh, Biggie made Puff Daddy famous, I just I just want to shout out Paul Walker for helping with the Fast and the Furious franchise for making it what it is and uh, opening the door for those uh, really great opportunities. So I didn't do it all on my own. That's right. It takes a family. Family. So uh, you think we can keep that up the whole show, Jesse? I don't know. Do we have any more? See, I was doing the same thing you were doing. I was trying to think of like a German black guy. And I'm surprised that you thought of Vin Diesel because that was hilarious. I didn't even know what Vin Diesel was. He's pretty racially ambiguous, to tell you the truth. But What about the... Oh, yeah, he can't have done The Rock. Like, cause he's the Rock definitely, is clearly Samoan. He's Samoan, yeah. The I only mean, other German and black celebrities I know is Alicia Keys and Vin Diesel. That's all I got. I think German plus black makes great humans. Or Afro-Germany. I heard a rumor that Germans love black people. But my childhood in Germany leads me to believe that rumor is false. So, but you're a product of that love, Cello. So, 
I mean, Vin. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. shit. Guys, sorry. We've already wasted enough of your time. This is just the headers um, where we talk about the headline news in crypto for, the, for this week. You know, you've been living your life. You've been fucking vacuuming. You've been driving places. You've been putting laundry away to do on Sunday. And you, you don't tune into the news, and we do. So we're going to present it to you. We go by the weekend and then each day. And this week we have something special for you. Dude, so, Hathaway is German, by the way. Who? G- German, uh, African-American, Hathaway. You know, what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> Word? Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty- yeah, that's very accurate. I can see that being true. Yeah. Oh, that guy is very German and very black. <laughs> I'm Google imaging him right now. Very I'm cool. To- he came out he came out with uh what is love reloaded. He was trying to capitalize really on the one hit he was had. It, like a, it was like a hip hop remix of what is love. His shirt is very unbuttoned on the that cover. That sounds art. like something that Ja Rule would feature in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is love, baby? Okay, enough. Let's get to the articles. Um okay. So I'll take this first round. And over the weekend. So um, this would have been last Saturday. Uh, this article was on Bears Playground, Bitcoin.com. Bear pissed me off today. Pissed me off, but we're going to keep going into the article. Um, it's by our boy Kai Cedric, 3502. This is June 22nd. Okay. Um, Bitcoin in brief. Plagiary, numerology, and nano does a no-no. Interesting. That's that's some click clickbaitiness right there. I don't get the picture though because it's like a dude creeping on a chick as she's texting, and her face is saying, "Like, I don't really like this guy, but I might." Like her face is like, if she liked the dude, she'd be more animated than that. But you know what I mean. I guess you guys aren't looking at that picture, too. Let's read the article. From the serious to the ridiculous, today's edition of Bitcoin in Brief has got it all. Oh, this is a daily thing that they do. Uh, and, and varied selection of crypto-related topics numbering no less than four and no more than six. Okay, so there's going to be four to six different topics in this one article. Let's go to the first one. First one. Oh, no, nano! Exclamation point. Yesterday was a big for free transactions altcoin Nano. Its Android wallet was released shortly after being unveiled. However, a small problem was detected. That seems like a common theme in crypto lately. (laughs) We've released our mainnet, but a small problem exists. So we're going to shut shit down. Um, Okay, make that a pretty big problem. Nano tweets this. Attention, anyone who generated a seed using the Android wallet, immediately move your funds to another wallet (laughs) derived from a different seed. (laughs) Holy shit. How many people didn't do that? I saw the alert as soon as that happened. Oh, no. It says, for the record, Nano is the coin synonymous with the collapse of BitCorel exchange. (laughs) For, For the record, this coin ruined people's lives. Just for the record. Um, that's all. 
Nano had a release that didn't go too well. Next topic in this article. Everything is a copy of a copy. Oh, this is deep. Okay, what's this in, what's this in relation to? With the launch of Tron's mainnet in progress, it seems a good time to... Oh, Chell, this is for you. This is speaking to you. You ready for this? Hit me with it. With the launch of Tron's mainnet in progress, it seems a good time to revisit claims of plagiarism surrounding Justin Sun's much-hyped altcoin. Technically, these claims aren't being revisited. In fact, since they're fresh ones, not to be confused with the original claims of Tron. Oh, fresh plagiarizing. This is a fresh plagiarization, guys. Plagiarization. Plagiarizing. Um... Digital asset research have been poking around in Tron's code base, and what they found looks very familiar. Here's what they said. Here's a quote. While copying code without attribution opens the project up to some attribution, not attribution, uh, project up to some legal risks, the pale in comparison to the technical risk that the project faces. Ethereum, which Tron is based on, is known to be unreliable and has issues like memory leakage. Ethereum J, sorry, it's a very specific implementation of Ethereum, I guess. I don't know. What do you think about this, Jesse? That sucks. Um, that's it? Uh, you know, you know, I mean... That... <laughs> what, man? Like, <laughs> that's a raving review. You should take that mentality to Yelp. Is what you that's what you should do. This restaurant sucked, and then you got something going for you. Who is digital asset research? Who are that's they? a good question. Um, what do you think about this Tron? I mean, Tron, Captain Tron. You're the one who loves Tron, and you want Tron to be what everything that Bitcoin isn't. Uh, I think a Chinese company copying foreign tech. Isn't that big of a stretch? I don't know if you had to take it there. It's kind of stereotypical. Um, okay. I think they'll do it better and cheaper. <laughs> like Huawei phones. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just what they're kind of known for in the tech world. So, Oof. That's a burn yeah. to all Chinese people. I'm making it a bigger deal than it is. I'm kidding. Hey, oh. hey, Asians beat Germany in the World Cup, so... Ooh. Ooh! And they're going to turn around and steal their tech after. Oof. I mean, it's the Chinese way. Copy your way to success. I like it. Um, it I'm not going to say that that's true or not, but I do know that Kias look awfully similar to Audis did about 10 years ago. I'm just saying. Yeah, there's people out there that bought an $80,000 Kia. Well, Same. that's that's different though because Kia hired the engineers from Audi. Wait, Kia is Korean. Yeah, I know they hired Audi's engineers like ten years ago when Kia thought, stopped looking like cardboard and started looking like cars. I thought we were talking about Chinese people, though. Oh, now I'm being racist. Okay, wow. um, <laughs> that turned on me really fast, and I'd like to change the subject subject and get right back to the. <laughs> Let's a quick look at crypto funds. ICO rating has released a detailed report on crypto funds. Its findings. Oh, here's some numbers for you guys. Stop driving and take out a pen and paper. 
17% of all funds are tokenized, i.e. deploy a native token for profit sharing. 40%, 42% of all funds are based in the U.S. Hot fuck. And the number of funds being founded has declined since 2017. So that's obvious, right? Which mirrors their declining returns as the crypto markets have went south. Most crypto funds don't publish their ROI, but of the 8% ICO rating could find numbers for the median ROI this year is just 14% versus 16% in 2017. Holy shit. Let's, let's crank out some numbers. 14, about 700. Ooh, damn, that's 98% less. Ouch. Okay, so um, that's actually 97 point. What is that? One seven percent less. Seven, seven point. Anyways, um, yeah. So people. So here's here's the thing about this that I think is funny. This is like the ROI was just fourteen percent. Fourteen percent is a lot. Is it not like ROI is fourteen? I mean, are you guys there today? On... What are you guys? Are you guys looking at different shit? It depends on what type of investment, right? Fourteen percent, like on your savings account, is a lot, right? If you get like fourteen percent on a year in something, that's considered great. Like usually, it's like between like what five and ten percent. If that, uh, like seven to fifteen percent as of late. Really? Even most standard four hundred one ks, like for you know my age group, it's like I think it's seen anywhere between nineteen to twenty something percent growth. So, fourteen percent is low in this market. Well, fourteen percent is very low in this market. That's true. I shouldn't try to put lipstick on a pig. I mean, it's great if you can keep it up, right? Consistent fourteen percent gain. But like, I guess fourteen percent from six hundred percent is the is the kicker here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, 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 here we go. Any idiot can make money in a bull market. That's pretty pretty telling. Most of the funds studied were under 100 mil, but ICO rating also found 15 funds between 100 and 500 mil and nine well-sized funds of over 500 mil. So, there we go. I'm almost done with this article. There's still three more topics. Let's, let's just bang through them. Another one in the basket is this title. As we reported earlier this month, cryptocurrency baskets are growing in popularity. Two more noteworthy baskets that never made that list have since emerged. The first is economy. And by basket, I'm assuming they're meaning like something like a 401k where you put a bunch of money in one thing and it's like an index of a lot of different things. So apparently, um, long to short, um, a lot more opportunities exist in this market if you want exposure. Um, to more than just one singular cryptocurrency to like throw money in at an index and you can get money that grows on a bunch of different coins. All right, everyone's raising money. The bear market doesn't seem to have dented the ability of crypto projects to raise vast amounts of money. That's nothing new. People are still raising money. It's just not through token sales. It's through regular investment. So, and lastly in this article, fun with numbers. Finally, following on from yesterday's post about an unusual block header star- Oh, fucking hell. 
This is about the block header that was like 21e to the 8th. That doesn't make any sense. So, that being said, next article. Who wants it? I'll take it. Go for it. So, next article is U.S. Federal Reserve Launches Cryptocurrency Index. This is written by C. Edward Kelso and has 12,077 views. This week, the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis added cryptocurrency to their Federal Federal Reserve Economic Data uh, mm-hmm. database. I guess they, they call it FRED. Um, <laughs> it's a seemingly small gesture, but one that signals to most observers crypto's uh, maturation, at least in the eyes of the Argue, or of arguably the most important central banking institution in the world. Interesting. Okay, so it goes what on to say... Do you think it cares? Do you think we really care about the like approval of central banks? Or do you think we need the approval of central banks? This is not a central bank. This is the U.S. Federal Reserve. It's the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. It's just saying mm-hmm. right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not a central bank, right? We still have, we have central... our... Banking Institute. Like, it's different than, like, the central bank of, like, a country, right? Yeah, yeah. There's Well, the thing about central banks is, like, there's central banks upon central banks upon central banks. Right? You talked about there's that There's only one episode, central like, bank for a country. Yeah, ours is the Federal Reserve. But it has, like, wings, right? Banks have branches. Yeah. Are y'all on Monday? We're oh my we <laughs> No, we're not Monday. We're on we're on the weekend. We're on the second article for the weekend. Last weekend. Dude, this show is gonna be nine hours long. It's not gonna be that long. It goes by really quick. So like what is I I thought so the Federal Reserve, there are multiple banks though that that um are part of the Federal Reserve, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's banks that belong under it. Yeah, which which are those banks? Um I don't know, let's Google it. Isn't it all of them technically? No more. <laughs> um here we go. Boston, New York, Philly, Cleveland, Richmond, Atlanta, Chicago, St. Louis, Minneapolis, Kansas City, Dallas, and San Francisco. Those are all the branches of the Federal Reserve. There you go, yeah. Um, wow, that's a lot. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. That's 16 different branches of the Federal Reserve. Yep. Did you yeah, it's not just—it's not just one bank. I just remember that well, when I, I mean, looked this up a long time ago. What the hell does this article even mean, though? Like, it says that it gleans towards. Um, it says there is twelve regional Federal Reserve banks located in cities throughout the nation, regulate and oversee privately owned commercial banks, and so like of the Federal Reserve, what was the percentage that is controlled by um, private banks? Oh, yeah, is it the four banks actually control? What is it like forty something percent? Or is it 60-something percent? Or is it actually like 100% but split up differently? Forget. I think it's... I think you're talking about private banks is different, though. No. 
controlling interest of private banks um, in the Federal Reserve. Where are you reading that? Here. Um, Anyways, before we dive deep into the Federal Reserve, what does this say about, like, crypto? Does it matter? I mean, for this is the, like, it goes back to, like, the paradox of, like, people, for a group of people that hate banks, we sure do love when banks do anything positive towards cryptocurrency. So, like, do we hate banks? You've got to ask yourself that question. Hold on, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of research here. <laughs> Pardon me. Anyways, long story short, we've got the Federal Reserve launching a cryptocurrency index. And basically what that means is they take in a bunch of different cryptocurrencies and found a way to find a numerical representation of their value. And that index should tell you what is happening in the market. And they're using the Coinbase index, um, which is Coinbase's new index that they launched a few months ago. So I guess the market is maturing because banks care about it now. Next article. I found the uh, Excel spreadsheet for all of the banks that have um, a portion of interest in the Federal Reserve System. How many is it? Quite a few, but from what I remembered when looking up the percentage, um, it's 10 pages worth of banks, by the way. Um, 10 oh, pages shit. worth of banks, and there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 9, 10, probably like 30-something banks per page. So maybe almost 300-something 300 or 400-something banks, closer to 400 banks. So they're all going to be looking um, at the Coinbase index? Well, no, no, no. These, all these banks own a percentage of, of controlling interest in the Federal Reserve. But mm. from what I remember, um, big banks like uh, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase, like those guys own like something big, like 40-something percent. Four banks out of yeah, those 400 banks own like 40% of the actual Federal Reserve System. Yes. So like... They, if they among themselves decided to, um, you know, they, I mean, they they have some clout, I guess, in adjusting. Um, I would I would assume in adjusting. I have a um, question for you guys. Like, say this is old times, like wearing like woolly mammoth rugs, sh shrugs, shawls, and some dude walks up to you and he's like, "What's up, bro?" And you're like, hey, man, what's going on? And he's, he's got a very nice-looking woolly mammoth shawl. Like, it's new fur. And he's like, hey, man, here's the deal. I see you got a bag of coins right there. If you give me that bag of coins, I'm going to give you something that tells you that, you that those bag of coins are with me. And I'm going to charge you a little bit of the coins in your bag just to hold them for you to make sure somebody doesn't come along and punch you in the face and steal your, your purse, your 
your purse of coins. What would you say to that dude? I mean, that's the banking system, right? So. I mean, yeah, but like, what? What would you say? What would to you that say? Dude? Nothing, because that's life. Would you I mean, be it's good, like, right? elated to give him your bag of coins? Uh, not if there was a way for me to bank myself and to, um, perform all the necessary accounting with the um federal government as far as taxes go and everything. Um. So that's what I'm like broken on is like how did banks grow to the point where they are now where everybody's just elated to give them their purse of coin? They're not elated, it's just tradition, right? People that's something that, that's just society's taught people to do. When you make money you put it in a bank. I and feel we, like we've never had the we've never had the coin. We've never had the ability to um be our own banks ever at any point in time. Um I mean, sure, you can have like a physical amount of gold, but people can just physically take that from you. Whereas, I, like I guess, the phrase "purse of coin" needs to make a comeback. Hmm. That's just my opinion. Next article. You want me to take this? I do. All right. So this is the top five biggest crypto mining areas. Which firms are pushing forward the new gold rush by Julia Magus, which is make America great again. C question mark. (laughs) The mining industry is probably the oldest activity related to cryptocurrency. It began in 2009 when Satoshi Nakamoto generated the first block on the Bitcoin network. So fast forward to today, Mining is an entire industry. It spans 114 countries around the world, and it focuses on the global network of cryptocurrencies. Uh, The total profitability of this market has been comprised of $4.1 billion, and that doesn't include the income earned from the sale of the mining equipment itself. That's like another $4 billion. So the point of this uh, whole article is kind of give you the top five areas. Uh, what do you guys think it is before I dive into this? The top is China without even looking. I don't even need to look to know it's China. What do you yeah. mean by areas? Like like geographical locations? Yeah, they're kind of pushing... Like For instance, uh, NVIDIA increased revenues by 50%. So there's obviously a need for people who are mining, but you know, where are these chips selling out where these gpu cards selling and where these people mining all right most of the mining for bitcoin is is in china let's just guess first i'm gonna go top five areas i'm gonna go china china um that's your top that's number one and then number two i'm going with oh man this is tough i'm going with the u.s Number three, uh, I'm going with. You said that's wrong. Well, you, you're wrong already on number one, but they're on, they're both on there though. Damn it. Okay. Uh, number three. No, here's a hint. We interviewed the guy that has number one. Oh. Uh. It's Dave. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Dave. it's it's Dave the miner. Bob the builder. Oh. Um, 
Man, maybe he ha- needs somebody needs to make a Bob the Builder version of crypto mining. Just call him like Matt the Miner. For good for good reason though, his exact location is not disclosed because he would get riggedy robbed pretty quick. But it's yeah. in an industrial warehouse somewhere out in Washington. We um, interviewed him. Yeah, Dave Carlson was on our show like 60, 70 episodes ago for oh. a gigawatt. Oh. Number two is a very surprising that you might not expect. Iceland. Um, uh, Genesis Mining uh, out there in Iceland. They're, uh, they were in China, but they uh, concentrated on Iceland because of the cold climate combined with cheap electricity prices made it a no-brainer. Um, number three is China. Uh, there's a lot of uh, ASIC miners out there. Um, China has the advantage of purchasing equipment at lower prices. That's why it's a it's a hotbed, uh, and they have the lowest price of electricity. Uh, and they have like a big population. So there's a lot of China's not number one. Ooh, I don't think you can say. Uh, you might have to edit. You might have to edit that. Jesus, that man! Like, what are you doing right now? All right, number four is uh, Switzerland. Yay. Yeah, yeah. um, it, it's actually, uh, they converted a small village to a, uh, a mining farm. Uh, and they've been going pretty hard for Ooh. a couple of years. Damn, uh, that picture. It's not a company, it's a guy. His name is Guido. So, uh, and it's, yeah, like, like uh, Jesse just said, that picture is pretty legit, man. So, uh, it's a former factory building, and it's the largest in Switzerland, and uh, it's pretty dope. Uh, last but not least, uh, Russian farms. Uh, the power of a Moscow farm allows for mining of approximately 600 Bitcoin a month. Uh, and to cool the equipment, they have modern ventilation from Iceland, and the electricity expenses are over $120,000 a month. So I hope that 600, what's 600 times whatever the price is? 3.6 million, I think. Oh, yeah. So that $120, 120 yeah, 000 000 price tag is, is nothing. Is not that much to them. So, uh, yeah, so... Wait, let's figure out percentages, though. So 120 divided by 3.6 mil. Are you doing I, mental math on that one? No, I'm doing it on the calculator. That's only 3% of their fucking revenue. <laughs> the damn miners make sick money. I think that's why we never hear from them, ever. Like, they're just like, you guys are going through all this shit. That's cool. But we only, we're making like straight 97% profit on our shit. So you guys go argue. That's cute. Well, to Holy give you some comparison... Shit. Give you some comparisons. So number five was Russia. They mine six hundred Bitcoin uh, every month. Number three, Switzerland. They mine, their electricity cost is one point one mil, but they mine seven hundred fifty Bitcoin. I think this um, this list is not doesn't make sense when you can't see the hash rate of um, some of the countries like Iceland for Genesis mining. Um, hash rate, it says it's um, one one petahash, but that's not going to Bitcoin directly, right? Genesis has contracts for Zcash, Ethereum, Litecoin, a bunch of different 
um, tokens, right? Or crypto. I want um, to work in Iceland. So even though like they have like the third highest hash rate or second highest hash rate, it's not all mm-hmm. going toward Bitcoin. Whereas I think China, like I think all their hash rate is going toward Bitcoin. Like I think China is number one for the hash rate towards Bitcoin. Well, Gigawatt, they have a 1.3 pay to hash and including salaries for his 15 employees, he throws out over a million dollars a month for operating expenses. Gigawatt, but does Gigawatt, he says it says it began with ordinary GPU. Uh, he, gave, he began to mine with an ordinary GPU. Is I've never used the Gigawatt site. I, I would assume it's like contract mining. Is yeah. that what it is? And well, and Genesis is it? Is that. Well, Genesis is contract mining. I don't know what Gigawatt is. Is it just straight up Bitcoin, or is it like multiple um, crypto as well? Ah, uh, no. Let me take a look, though. I think he offers. Um power wouldn't it make sense though that china has the highest hash rate because they actually manufacture the asics there for bitcoin yeah he offers power for individuals and businesses at a cheaper rate than their competitors Mm. Mm. that dude is making sick money when you guys see the word power do you think of uh emperor palpatine i always do like power I guess I'm no. alone in that regard. Um, but <laughs> but anyways, long to short, what this article is trying to tell you is that um, mining is – miners are making a shit ton of money. So, I mean, that's – I mean, that's, if you're – not if you're, like, doing home mining. That Like, I don't want people to get confused with that. If you're doing home mining – and you're like somebody's listening to the podcast. Chances are you're, you're you don't have access to the same scale of of um, industrial mining that these people do. So like mining on your own desktops, like I've been doing that, it's not that profitable. So in fact, you're I'm doing it at a loss for the past you know two years. So are you doing it because it's cute? I'm doing it because it's cute. Yeah, it is cute. So um. Watch this. I just came up with this. I just came up with this. Uh, let's mine our way to the to Monday. Let's mine our way to Monday's ads. I thought, I thought you guys would be a lot more excited about that, but I was. So this this is, <laughs> this article is by Lekun. I think I said that right. No, I did not say that right. Lekun. Um, and it is entitled "Crypto Tourism is Growing for Better or Worse." I don't know what crypto tourism is, but I'm willing to find out. I'm pretty sure it's self-explanatory. Crypto Nation, Blockchain Cruise, Crypto Cribs. These are just several of the names of tourism programs focused on blockchain industry, from luxury cruises to the Middle East startup tours that are part of a growing trend targeting crypto curious travelers. Man, rich people do weird stuff to stay rich. So, okay, I don't even need to read the rest of this article. There's cruises designed for ultra-rich people to travel and figure out what companies they need to invest in overseas. Bottom line. That's what this is about. Holy cow. That's pretty cool. 
I mean, it's cool, but like, it's like, dang, man, like, how how much money do you have that you're just like, you know what? I don't know who to invest in. I'm gonna go on a cruise and figure out who to invest in. Like, <laughs> that's that's just like, that's some next level shit. So let's look at some quotes. Um, it's not just tourism, but a lifestyle that we promote. This is this had to be a paid ad. Um, here's another one. They feel like this is a great way to get some of their first Bitcoin or Litecoin or whatever and just use it. And here's another, here's another one. We're trying to contribute to making it such a way that is really usable for the sharing economy. Um, yeah, so now it exists. Um, if you've done well enough, you could take a cruise designed to give you opportunities um, on on country on on startups in different countries, so let's take it let's take it to Tuesday. Wait, hold on. I heard that there's a crypto resort in the Philippines being built. Where? Really? Yeah. What, what's it for? For the crypto know. rich. Would you go I don't, to a crypto resort, Cello? I think it's a good way for travelers to not have to worry about bringing cash. Oh my god. Or, or so worry about exchange rates. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Cool. I didn't see it from that point of view. I guess I was a little bit too judgy. Oops. Um, we have an article from Monday. It says China's latest government-backed crypto rankings put EOS first. Bit, uh, Bitcoin 17th. Yeah, this one was wild. Um, why? China's you know monthly global public chain technology evaluation index is published by the China Center for Inter uh, Information Industry Development of the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology <laughs> and is said to be compiled by, <laughs> quote, first-rate domestic experts and scholars, according to the original index press release. So apparently EOS, EOS's top ranking is attributed to the, quote, outstanding technical advantages in transaction confirmation efficiency Network throughput and transaction costs of the protocol. Who got bri China got bribed? Yeah, China I mean, got, or somebody got bribed. Let's okay. I have a lot of opinions on this article, and I feel like I should just let them loose. And that is, how many of Chinese, how many investors in China bought EOS? That's my first question. Um, and I'll back that up with China historically manipulates the shit out of their markets. So why wouldn't they do that here? I mean, it's just facts. Um, oof, this is, this is rough. This is rough for EOS. So like we're losing everything. What, what do you, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? China what pump it up. <laughs> we're losing everything. What do you, what does that even mean? Where does that come from? Why is, I'm wait. emulating a Chinese investor in EOS, and they're asking their government to help bail them out. Oh. Do you think it's going to happen? Do you think they're going to bail them out? It's not going to do anything. How do you, what are you guys' views on EOS? Cello, I know like it's been impossible to not hear about EOS. Do you even like have an opinion on EOS right now, or are you just... I've been I've been dis uh, uh, giving my disdain for it since for months now. That's true. Any, anything that that Dan Laramie guy Laramie Larimer. Yeah, Larimer. 
That guy sucks. <laughs> I hope he never comes on any of our shows now, and I hope he didn't hear that, but I doubt he will. Um, Eos is going through some growing pains. Oh, that's another question I had, but I'll say that for a different day. Um, should we read a quote from this, or should we move on? Let's move on. Why did wait? Okay, let's move. Let's move. Let's go to Tuesday. We're on Tuesday now, right? Yeah. Sweet. Tuesday coming at you. Cello, you feel this one. Tuesday, first article. What the fuck is going? Okay, you read it. <laughs> Bitcoin needs a better uh, illustrator. Like the one <laughs> Coindesk has, maybe. Um, A character called uh, BitPico thinks that he can stress test the Bitcoin hash network. Um... An anonymous person claims to have the power to take down Bitcoin Cash Network with his homemade spamming payloads. This developer is anonymous, and he is threatening to strike the Cash Network with a series of spam attacks that he believes will be powerful enough to hurt the network. So watch out. Roger Ver. I think someone's trying to uh, extort him. Uh, He expects to have 500 attack nodes in roughly six weeks, and then he will multi-fork the chain. Uh, there's, oh, screenshots, wow. there's screenshots or evidence of these attacks. And uh, the Bitcoin Cash community thinks that they're not taking him serious. And there's good reason for them not to take him serious due to him doing this in the past. Empty threats. For instance, the script scrolling down a blue screen is questionable at best. And many have already dismissed him as a script kitty because uh, of the video and the screenshot I just uh, referred to. But he retaliated and says, don't say I didn't warn you. So, hey, uh, we got Bit, Bit Pico on the line. So this is exclusive. He wants to read this quote from the article. It's like, uh, he says, it says, wonder why 30% of the network has disappeared. Because it's ours. Damn, this guy's. Thank you, Bit Pico. So, anyways, um, you heard that exclusive from Bit Pico. He's gonna take thirty percent of the network down. Script Kitty, that's a good bird, though. I like that. Script Kitty. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call people who, um, back in the nineties, like who copy pasted like uh, pre-written spam, like uh, DDoS scripts, a long time ago. Jeez, there's so people much who the weren't able to write their own. So much of the internet I don't know and don't want to know. Like at this point, I figure like if I've been living this long to not know some of it, I'm okay with just not knowing that part. You know, like just let like what is a script kitty? Like if anyone ever called me a script kitty, I wouldn't even take it offensive. I just wouldn't know what the hell they were talking about. Like you're a fucking script kitty. Like yeah. I don't know. It's like back in IRC days when people used to like attack other people. Would you be offended by that? No, I I, I wouldn't care. What if somebody drawed, called you like if they dropped an f bomb on front of it, like you effing script kitty? So like I mean, even nowadays there are there are people who learn to become better like programmers or like I guess hackers because people taunt them online and they really they they literally sometimes have nothing else going for them in life 
than sitting at a computer and learning how to maliciously attack other people online. Like I've oh, seen wow. it many times. And yeah, it's like people get good because other people are dicks to them on IRC, on QuakeNet or whatever. Damn. You like you introduced me to so much internet culture that I didn't even know existed. Like yesterday, Cello, like Jesse was showing me how like people sell Counter Strike skins for like yeah, thousands be- of dollars. Yeah, like I sold my Final Fantasy Eleven character for three hundred and fifty bucks. What? I don't understand who's paying money for these things. Well, like, it costs. It takes. You know, five, six hundred, seven hundred hours to get the 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 stuff I had. So if you don't want to spend that time, pay money. Jeez, I just don't like get it. I don't. I don't know. I guess I kind of get it because I've paid for like coins in Clash of Clans because I didn't want to spend all the time collecting the coins. You know, like um, you know, like when uh. Like people who in Venezuela were playing RuneScape and farming green dragons. Like this is within the past, you know, two years. And then people in RuneScape, like little kids, like knew about that. That they that literally people were playing RuneScape and farming gold to sell to make like a living in Venezuela. And they would kill these Venezuelan farmers and take their shit in the wilderness. Literally kill them. They they would literally kill the character oh and take oh, all their shit i took that way the wrong way okay. and they would they would take all the money that these these venezuelan gold farmers were trying to farm so they could you know pay for shit on a day-to-day basis because their currency is um inflating wait 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 let me wrap my mind around this so there's a there's video game farmers farming for gold and Just people, like Chinese gold farmers in WoW, right? There's Venezuelan gold farmers in RuneScape that are are farming gold off of NPCs in the wilderness, which is a an area where you can attack other players. And little kids know about that. And so, like, little kids who play RuneScape these days, they go in the wilderness and they kill these Venezuelan gold farmers for their shit. And then they sell that shit. Like and then the they real sell money. that shit for real money, sure. Why not? When you say little kids, are you putting that in quotations and really meaning I myself did this? <laughs> no, no, I mean like little kids, like actual little kids. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, or, or even older people, they'll do that for fun. Yeah. Like there's betting. Like, I don't know. You didn't play RuneScape back then. Like, um, but there's gambling in like these kind of games. They're like actual, like lots of money. Gam- uh, gambling, Jeez, like man. some of these kids like are gambling like tens of thousands per roll of like a game called, um, like I forget what it's called something flowers. Cello, like Broke was telling me like when he was selling his skins, there would be kids running around in Counter Strike Go communities with like hundreds of Bitcoin because they were selling their like Counter Strike Go skins yeah. for Bitcoin. Like way because the, the like skins were like thousands of dollars and Bitcoin was only like a couple hundreds, right? So yeah, it's bananas, man. There's like whole worlds that exist and you never even know. So let's go to the next article. Um, see if I can segue from that. Uh, speaking of video games, the Public Bank of China files a revealing big picture of planned digital currency. 
<laughs> this article's written by Wolfie Zhao. It had 400, and this is June 26th. And 479 tweets and one uh, Reddit-like. Ouch. So, one Reddit upvote. China's doing a lot of research in digital currency for a, comp- for a country that banned it. But uh, here we go. The Digital Currency Research Lab at the People's Bank of China has filed more than 40 patent app- Holy shit. 40 patent applications so far. And I think a patent application on average costs $150,000. So that's a lot. Um, all as part of an aim to create a digital currency combining the core features of cryptocurrency and the existing monetary system. Um, well, I mean, that alone lets us know the writing on the wall. But let's look at this quotation. The virtual currencies issued by private entities are fundamental flaws given their volatility, low public interest, and limited usable scope. Therefore, it's inevitable for the central bank to launch its own digital currency to upscale the existing circulation of the fiat currency. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I think this article gives a lot of credence to the fact that eventually, no matter how private your blockchain is, you're going to have to peg into some sort of public blockchain. And even if you're a country, China's digital currency... Um, I know for damn sure they're not going to be cool with like dealing in the U.S. digital currency. So they're going to need some unifying ledger in order to come to agreements upon. And that boils down to whichever cryptocurrency wins. So. I don't know. What do you guys think? It's going to be interesting. The crypto wars. And then countries fight for whoever becomes the new basis of universal um, reserve. Why you got to bring war into this, man? Like, spread peace, not spread peace, not war. Yeah. Well, what do you think will happen if the U.S. comes or if China comes up with its own cryptocurrency? The well, crypto the you want? Is, there's going to be a crypto dollar. Right. And then which one's going to be? I guess. Which one's going to be the basis for international um, banking? Like, I guess for, as far as reserves, Bitcoin Cash. No, kidding. Uh, <laughs> I could feel your throat drop. When I, said that. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's not going to be either one of those. And if the people just sit and don't do shit, it's definitely not going to be a public blockchain. So, I don't know. But I love your Yelp review so far. Um, they're very, very spot on. Uh, next article. We're on Wednesday, right? Oh, no, no, no. Tuesday. We got two Last more days Tuesday. after Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so, next article, I can read it. Hold on. I want y'all to take a swing at it. I don't, oh, I mean, right. He hasn't swung in a while. Is this the about the Peabock? This is about. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook reversing ban on crypto ads. Well, you just read it. Now Cello doesn't have to. No, no, no. He's got the last part. Okay. okay. Oh, uh, but they still maintain bans on ICOs. Thanks. Thanks for leaving that part for me. There you go. It's an important <laughs> part. <laughs> Hit us with some uh, juice from the article. Okay. Um, so at the time, Facebook stressed that its initial policy was intentionally broad to allow the company time to hone measures to detect and prevent unscrupulous promoters. That seems like like you really had no one at Facebook that could have 
told you about crypto at the time, but you just had to make a broad policy. Seems kind of weird, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want people listening saying that it's not a reversal. It still bans ICO ads and excludes the vast majority of the crypto industry. Um, this ad ban is illegal under Australian law. I also want to add that. Uh, Facebook concedes that not everyone who wants to advertise will be able to do so. So it still seems kind of broad. Uh, applicants are instructed to include any licenses they have obtained, whether they are traded on a public stock exchange and other relevant public background on their business. So um, ICO scams can't advertise, um, but they still want money. So I think they're trying to they're trying to clean up all that all the junk ads. I think they're going to start whitelisting like if Coinbase decides to run ads or legitimate organizations, I guess. I got a question you guys might be able to help me out with. Um, what's to prevent people from doing exit scams and stuff on like crowdfunding platforms? There isn't. So... Why is crypto being shat on so hard for something that could be done on many different avenues? Let's look. Um, Kickstarter. Um, what happens if project doesn't deliver? Here you go. Um, if a Kickstarter project fails, no money is collected from the backers. Their credit cards are not charged unless the project is 100% fun, uh, funded. If you mean what happens if your reward isn't delivered, you have recourse available uh through introducing a civil court case. So you can sue in, I guess, a court. So you could do the same thing on Kickstarter, get a marketing team together, get super good videos, get like all kinds of stuff. People buy into your tiers. You hit your market. You hit your, you hit your market. You hit your cap. And then you could just fucking leave the country. Like, why is that any... I think that's no different than some of the ICOs that existed last year and this year. Interesting. I just thought it was, thought it was interesting. Yes, he says, can Kickstarter refund the money if a project is unable to fulfill? No, Kickstarter doesn't issue refunds as transactions are between backers and the creator. In fact, Kickstarter has, never has the funds at all. When a project is successfully funded, money is transferred directly from the backers' credit cards to the project creator's Amazon Payments account. It's up to the creator to issue a refund, which they can do through their Amazon Payments account. Like PayPal, Amazon Payments allows refunds for 60 days from the date of charge. After 60 days, creators cannot reverse the same charge to backers' credit cards. Mm. So to issue refunds, they'll need to initiate a new transaction to send money via Amazon Payments or PayPal, send backers a check, or use another method or support. Our support team has guided creators on in how to issue refunds like these before. Mm. So yeah, Kickstarter doesn't necessarily guarantee a project completion. They just uh I do Oof. a method of visibility for your project. Well, that's like a bane of truth screaming at everyone if you're investing in an ICO. Like it's like gambling. I mean it's literally like gambling. There's no difference in it. So next article. Oh, this isn't really an article as much as a blog post from Coinbase. Coinbase Pro, um, there's not much to say here. Um, if you were a member of GDAX, you're automatically a member of Coinbase Pro, pro.coinbase.com. If you go there, you can use their new shit. 
that's it. I mean, there's not much to say besides Coinbase keeps on winning, and they're going to keep winning. They're going to win so much you get tired of how much winning they're doing. Hmm. Oh, wait. Uh, did what? you guys see that Coinbase? Uh, there were some rumors that Facebook was going to buy Coinbase. Yeah, Facebook's not buying Coinbase, even though oh. Coinbase used Facebook Blue and got away with it. Um, mm. uh, I don't know. Actually, Chell, this might be like a, something that you'd be like keen on. Do you think it's even remotely close that Facebook would buy Coinbase? I don't see the reasoning for it, but... I don't think Brian Armstrong needs that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I'm right there with you. Like You're so well-positioned in a brand-new market. Why would... Why would you let someone else come in and take what you work for? Yeah, I don't see that happening. Well, I mean, well, Jesse, you sounded pretty pumped about it. I don't mean to burst your bubble. Sound like we bursted your bubble. But no, I like, think I think Facebook's platform has what three billion users? Is it three or four or five? It's quadro. Yeah. So I mean, if Coinbase was bought out by Facebook, I mean. That would be a good thing for crypto and a good thing for Coinbase profits anyway. I mean, how would it be good know. for crypto? How would it be good for crypto? Exposure. Like a- it could be integrated with Facebook Messenger app. You could send send money easily to people. Like if 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 you had Coinbase integrated with Facebook, like you would have you could re you could restart the crypto markets again. Mm, talking big talk right now. Lay it on us, brother. I mean, it depends on what Brian Armstrong's like game plan is, long term or short term. Like, if he wants to get out short term and just do stuff that's fun to him right now, I mean, he could probably sell to Facebook and still have billions. I mean. If you if you wait later, then you'll still have billions. You'll still just have more. You'll just have more billions. I mean, but still, <laughs> That's a hell of a decision right there. Do I want billions now, or do I want more billions later? Yeah, it's hmm. just like whatever. <laughs> make the decision. <laughs> Man, I think I think billions is already enough, but I don't know. Strike while the iron's hot. I don't know why I just. I mean, he's young, right? He's like thirty-seven or something, right? Um, Brian Armstrong is a younger individual, yes. Yeah, so I mean, like, get out if you want to still live the rest of your life. I don't know, unless he wants to do this for a while longer. He's gonna have to be doing it longer. Let's move on to Thursday's articles, the last day that we present to you guys, uh, because we know that Friday is zero confirmation news, and that's when the show comes out. So we don't want to talk about it but the first article on thursday the fbi is currently holy shit the fbi is currently investigating 130 crypto related cases dang there's a picture of an fbi agent on there and they don't show his face because you can clearly see his disdain for the entire cryptocurrency market he's like man i'm having to work overtime now so this says the fbi has reported revealed that is working 130 crypto-related investigations, citing an increase in illegal activity facilitated by crypto payments. 
Ew. These cases encompass crimes such as human trafficking, illicit drug sales. Oh my God. Here we go again. Kidnapping and ransomware attacks. Um, without going too far into this, once again, uh, the FBI is doing its job in fighting crime, but for some reason, uh, it's got to be very specifically asserted that is cryptocurrency um, that is greasing the wheels for this crime. So, nothing new. Did you see the, um, there's an article on Wednesday had to do with, um, well, two articles on Wednesday that we glossed over. Um, Brian Armstrong is uh, creating a crypto charity for the unbanked. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was a big oh, Okay. And then the other one that, that has to do with... Um, U.S. prosecutors seized 17 million in Bitcoin um, from dark, more dark web dealings. Yeah, I don't know if you guys um, watched those. I didn't see that article. Um, U.S. law enforcement has seized 17 million dollars in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, and is seeking to seize about 24 million dollars more from two Maryland. USA men on charges of selling counterfeit drugs on the dark web, according to a, a Department of Justice press release published June 26. In addition to around $17 million in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, law enforcement has seized $2.5 million in computer equipment and over $1.5 million in cash. Government is further seeking to forfeit no less than $5.67 million plus the value of 4,000 Bitcoins. Uh, about $24 million at press time, believed to be the proceeds of illegal drug sales. Uh, the six-count indictment unsealed June 22nd alleges that November 2013 through June 2017, Ryan Farachi, 34, sold fake Xanax pills on the dark web in exchange for Bitcoin. Together with Robert Swain, also 34, he is further charged with laundering the proceeds through means, quote, disguised or designed to conceal the source and ownership of the illegal funds. Farace uh, or Farachi now faces a maximum sentence of five years in prison on drug distribution counts with both men facing a maximum of 20 years imprisonment on money laundering charges. That's significantly less than um, what's his face got? Ross Ulbrich. Yeah. How many, how many years has he got? Forever. Oh. That dude's going to die in jail. <laughs> and it sucks. It sucks that he's going to die in jail, but they they made an example of him. That's for damn sure. So. Well, these guys just did the same thing. I guess they're not operating the exchange. They only have like maximum twenty five years in prison. No, Ross Ulbrich was running Silk Road. He was That's what I'm Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the difference. Like or these guys allegedly. aren't Yeah. Well, here's the deal. I'll stick to this story till the day I'm in the ground and that is don't do illegal shit. Like doesn't matter if you're doing illegal stuff for like dollars, Canadian dollars, yawn, pesos, just don't do it, man. You don't go to jail, and the FBI doesn't investigate you. I'm just saying yeah. it's pretty, it should be a pretty clear rule to live by. Yeah. Here's another clear rule. We're going to the next article. So speaking of crime, 
There's a plan to send millions in Bitcoin to Venezuela, uh, and it's moving ahead. That may or may not be a crime, but I don't think Venezuela is going to take too lightly to it. So this is written by Alyssa Hertig. Did I say that name correctly, Jesse, do you think? Oh, it's not an Asian name. Go for it. Oh, come on, man. This, you ain't got to put me in a box like that. You so the former... Read, read, read it. Read it. I'm curious. Okay. Developer Jonathan Wheeler is at an impasse. The former bank employee turned developer doesn't want to say too much about his newest project, an effort he believes could soon help people living under one of the world's most oppressive monetary regimes. That's because he needs others to help him with his mission. Getting Bitcoin in the hands of Venezuelan citizens by the way of massive mobile airdrop. Holy shit, he's going to airdrop Bitcoin on them? The problem That's what is that's, uh, Brian is doing with his charity. Who? Oh, Brian Armstrong. He's, 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 he's airdropping Bitcoin. It? Yeah, as well. That's got to be like a Lightning Network thing. How are they just airdropping? I don't know. That's got to be a smart contract Lightning Network thing. But anyways, the Venezuelan government routinely arrests people with deviating political opinions and has even gone as far as to ban technology citizens have used to circumvent its censorship. That's not to mention the fact that Venezuela's government has already launched its own cryptocurrency. I forgot about that. The yeah. Petro, which is painted as key to its economic revival. Wow. Here's a quote. To give it the greatest likelihood of success, it has to be done in mass. We're trying to make this a large-scale collaborative mission to help people suffering from financial tyranny. I don't know what the end game is there. It feels like the end game is to give Venezuelans Bitcoin, but they're not thinking about the last mile of what the hell are a bunch of Venezuelans supposed to do with Bitcoin? Unless things are going on in Venezuela that I don't know about, probably is true about the Bitcoin game. There's got to be something there. I don't know. Pale Blue Foundation. Last article, and we'll let you do the honors, Jello. All right, last article about Indian women. Hold up. All right. Did you know that Indian women are more bullish on crypto than men? I did not know that. Um, Female crypto investors are a firm minority in India and pretty much anywhere else on the planet. However, what sets these women apart from many other beauty aside uh, is their willingness to spend more on (laughs) cryptocurrency than their boyfriends. So uh, a research was conducted that covered over 60,000 participants between the months of May and June. And a direct quote is they wanted to conduct a detailed study to a certain new policies and strategies that will drive this industry ahead. We acquired some interesting facts, such as the service sector is taking exceptional interest in trading of cryptocurrency, and females in particular showed great potential in leading this industry forward. So another interesting finding is related to the age at which most Indians enter the cryptocurrency world. For male, it's 30 years, and for women, it's around 40. So usually women investors who are buying or trading are over 40 years of age. We qualify or categorize them as mature investors who are able to put in more money. Uh, On the other hand, more men start investing at an earlier age, uh, like I said before, at the average age being 30. 
That's so it. So women, more women are invested in dudes in India. That's a good sign. It's a really good sign. It might be biased because I feel like if you're if you're getting in at a later age, you got more money to invest in. So I don't yeah. know if it's more women or there's less women, but they're investing more money. Did it say in there? There were no actual firm numbers. They're just percentages. Oh. Mm. Uh, well, I think women cause stuff to go viral. So I think it's a good thing. And I stand, I stick by my story. Wait, it says here the published data reveals that New Delhi is the area with the most active cryptocurrency users, 22% of the total. The city also has the largest share of female crypto investors, and then it's 8.8%, while men are 91.2%. So I'm thinking, Jello, to answer your question, it's uh, the amount of women that are investing are actually lesser than the amount of men that are investing. Mm, oh, okay. So it's just a growth. That this is a growth thing. It's just that they're older; they have more money, mm. and even though there's fewer of them, so the average is just skewed higher. Mm. So it's just this is like a cherry-picked statistic, even though it's not true, really. Mm. It's just it should say in older Indian women with more money than younger men <laughs> are a smaller statistic of Indian of the Indian population that are investing, but are investing more because they're older. No. Yeah, but if they say that, people won't click it. Yeah, the title is misleading, but better. That picture is clickable as well. So it's a very interesting article. Um, that's all we got. I mean, that's it. That's the whole week's worth of articles. If you came here and expected more, then you didn't get the title of the show. And I'm sorry. Plug some stuff. You guys go first. Would it be racist if if I said that you guys are like the rush hour of the Bitcoin podcast? Mm, I like maybe. it. I like it a lot. I mean, I'm not going to say I don't like it, but I'm going to say people are going to think it's racist. To me, I'm okay <laughs> with it. I'm very right. okay with it. But I also rush think hour. that, bro, I love that movie. your English is not broken. I can break it. There. I, I I like that no, too. No, you can't. I just asked you last episode to break your English, and you're terrible at it. <laughs> no, you told me to say Wakanda forever, and Wayne was like in Slack. He was like, "I liked Jesse's sign off." See, so not everybody hated that, even though it was terrible. <laughs> and I admit it. That was so bad. And then when I asked you to speak in a Filipino accent, excuse me, Filipino accent, you were like, "I can't do that. That doesn't exist." That and that I was like, "What do you mean that doesn't <laughs> exist?" Can you, do a, can you do a con from King of the Hill accent? A Laos accent? What? No, I haven't <laughs> seen enough King of the Hill for that. I don't even know who Con the character on King of the Hill is. You know, he, he would say stuff I barely like, know who Hank is. Con <laughs> would say stuff like, Hank Hill, you come over here right now. Get away from my daughter. Like, that would be him. Was he was he Indian or was he like Asian? Like no, I guess he's from Laos. Asian. He's from Laos. Laos. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. If we turn into, I'll tell you what. I tell you what. If we can turn into the rush hour of crypto, then I will do my best to be your Chris Tucker. If you'll be my Jackie. 
god. Um, what was that? What was that song? Oh, um, oh, hold on. What's it called? Uh, what is it good for? And then when Jackie oh, yeah. Chan sings it, when he turns on the radio, he goes, "Ooh, ah, what is it good for?" And then. And then uh, Chris Tucker goes, "Man, you can't sing that shit like that." And then he like he actually adds, <laughs> adds like the soul, the pizzazz to the song. Yeah, Jackie Chan is just there, like doing the head bob, because Chris Tucker's like, "You got to do it like this." And he, he he dips his head to the right, and then he dips his head to the left, and Jackie Chan is like trying to emulate it, and it looks so terrible. Yeah, we should do cello. I kindly request you photoshopping our faces <laughs> on top of a rush hour. <laughs> yeah. Our but- scene. That movie should have been called Stereotypes Part 1, 2, and 3. That's all that movie was. And people loved it because it was family friendly. I love that series. Oh, man. I don't know who the woman is in Rush Hour 2. Zang Z-E. Ooh, man. She was... was, When I was in high school, I had a crush crushy on her. I'll tell you that much. She She came from a... She came from the Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Yes, she did. I know her entire history. And she's still working. I think she's got two kids. She's great. I know too much about actresses. You should shout her out at the end of the episodes. No, I agreed to stop shouting out Zoe Saldana because she's married. And then I went to Zazie Beats. But she's, like, engaged. And, of course, what's her name? Zeng Ziyi? She married? She's definitely married, so it's starting to feel well, weird. Well, was she married, or did she have like a flower ceremony? Because if she didn't get traditionally married, I don't know how the it's free game. Orient, yeah, if it's like an orient marriage, is that a proper terminology? I'm like pretty you, sure you can't say oriental <laughs> anymore. Yeah, you can't say orient or oriental. Yeah, that's, that's so. We've got you for oriental, and we've also we've got you for. <laughs> Twice right. in one episode. <laughs> no, 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 that's our show. That is a good sign off. I like that. That's, I like that. That's it. We're done. That's it. That's-